0: This edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast is dedicated to the life and memory of Danny Havoc, who passed away this past week at the age of 32. Well, kid, I understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. again wrestling fans and welcome to another edition of the scumbags wrestling podcast my name is sean and i'm coming to you from london ontario canada on this week's episode we'll take down some of the news and happenings around the world of wrestling we'll also look back at the results for impact wrestling aew wde and we'll finish off the show with results from nxt as we head into predictions also for tonight's nxt takeover in your house well i thank you for joining me whether you're listening to us on stitcher spotify iHeartRadio, or itunes be sure to like and share this with all your friends so we can grow the population i'll be right back after these short messages Who's the greatest manager? Who's the greatest tag team of the 80s? The 90s? WCW, WWE, AEW, ECW, AWA, you name it, we're naming them on the Fantasy Warfare Tournament. Join Stephen O'Neill, Chris Jones, Chris Maloney, and myself on Fantasy Warfare Tournament each and every week, Wednesday nights at 6pm on YouTube. Hey wrestling fans, we have a brand new t-shirt that you're going to love to get. If you're into comic books and the Ontario wrestling scene, you won't want to miss this great design created by Nigel Lewis of NCL Studios. And even better, when you buy a t-shirt or a poster of this amazing design, you'll also be helping out a great charity at Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto. It's part of Stephen's Wrestling Journey, and we're going to help him get that money that's needed to raise for research. T-shirts are just $30. Posters are just 15 Check out our Facebook page or and email me at scumbagswrestling at com to make your purchase and help out a great charity and have an awesome t-shirt. You hear the rumble in here? The rumble is the sound of progression, and fundamentals are being made at the Wrestling Factory. This is Tyson Dukes, and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Now, Before we get into all the results for Impact, AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, plus the predictions for tonight's... NXT takeover in your house let's hit some uh, news that's happened this week it was a little bit of a busy week Uh, right at the start I mentioned about the passing of Danny Havoc he passed away this week at the age of 32 he got his start in 2005 uh, training in Philadelphia and started with CZW where at the age of 18 he got really fixated on deathmatch style of uh, wrestling and he was profiled in the viceland series the wrestlers in 2017 when they chronicled the retirement match he had with Alex cologne he came out of retirement uh, last year in 2019 and worked for h2o wrestling and game changer wrestling his final match though was this past February for GCW in Atlantic City in New Jersey. Um, His wife passed away in April and now he's gone. Um, Just a huge loss. Not sure how he passed away, unfortunately. Uh, I've been looking out for any uh, news about that. But yeah, definitely thoughts and prayers out to uh, the family of Danny Havoc. And uh, yeah, a lot of people... Will be missing him. And if you're a fan of CCW at one point, you would have definitely known a lot about him. Then this week, on Monday, actually, they uh, the WD launched the free version of the WD Network. So you can get WD Network, um, I believe, on your phone, on your computer, free of charge, without need of a credit card. And they've unlocked some of the uh, different levels of the. Uh, shows that they are presenting, including their weekly series, The Bump, Toto Bellas, Table for Three, WWE Now, The Best of WWE, uh, WWE Timeline, Top 10s. Um, there's also back episodes of Raw, NXT, and SmackDown. I think there's at least a two to four week uh, delay on updated episodes. There's Ms. and Mrs., um, but they also introduced a new show called Raw Talk, um, well, revived Raw Raw Talk in this case, with Charlie Caruso and Samoa Joe, and that's happening at 11 o'clock every Monday night after Raw goes off the air. So this week they had uh, Seth Rollins on it, there was the Viking Raiders and Street Profits, it lasted about 22-ish minutes, so it's not a huge uh, thing going on, Um, who knows where it develops from here, but definitely with this, it's sort of a teaser trying to get you to buy the WWE Network, but at the same time, they took away the free month uh, concept, and I think that's as a result of when WrestleMania happened. There was a lot of subscriptions had, but they all dropped off before getting charged. So in this sort of format, you can get WD network for free except for their pay-per-views. But if you're interested in seeing the pay-per-view, you're going to have to drop at least $9.99 each month to see the pay-per-view. And then while you're at it, you might as well stay around and watch some of the other stuff that is going on that you can't get on the free uh, tier. So it's possibly a concept that will work really well, unless you're able to find a pirated site. But $9.99 for a pay-per-view is a great deal. It's not as great as free, which people were basically doing coming up with different email addresses and whatever to scam them. But $9.99 compared to what you could be paying elsewhere, Yeah, not a bad thing. And if you don't go that route, you can at least watch WWE Network for free. As everybody knows, there's a lot of unrest going on uh, in the world right now after the death and murder of uh, George Floyd. So there's a lot of uh, superstars are using their platform to speak out. Titus O'Neill and uh, Dave Batista recently had an hour long Instagram discussion. There's also been a Culture Connection uh, show being uh, created by Montez Ford and Bianca Belair. The description says, Culture Connection's mission is to advocate, learn, share, interact, and promote positivity. We want to assist those who want to take action, advocate, learn, and more, but don't know where to look or start. We aim to create a space for all who are interested in taking action by providing an array of information that brings awareness to opportunities to volunteer, advocate, and donate in regards to current issues and events affecting black people. We also promote educating and re-educating yourself and others by providing book suggestions, videos, documentaries, news articles, facts, etc., that we feel touch the black culture, history, entertainment issues and topics. So you can look out for a uh, cultural uh, connection with Montez Ford and Bianca Belair and just do your part and learn. There's talk that Matt Riddle is not the only person moving out of NXT. As we know, Riddle has been moved up to SmackDown and was announced by Kurt Angle last week, but there's also talk that Dominic Dijakovic will also be leaving NXT and is scheduled to be joining Raw. With R-Truth becoming a 36-time 24-7 champion, this is also the ending of Gronk and his time with the WWE. Uh, Of course, I've always assumed that it was more of a Publicity stunt uh, with Gronk being a part of WWE in time for WrestleMania and being a host. And, of course, doing that whole uh, 24-7 championship thing was also for publicity's sake. Then, unfortunately, the pandemic happened and we weren't able to do anything until just recently. But we all know that also Gronk is going to Tampa Bay to join Tom Brady there, so there was no way he was going to be sticking around doing WD while he is an active football player in the NFL, regardless of what team he's on. So Gronk is no longer with WD as of this week. While Gronk might not be with the company anymore, there is talk that some of the people who were released and don't have their 90 day contract up yet are being consulted about coming back Maybe at a reduced contract. So that's still up in the air. We did see that Drake Maverick has signed a deal to stay and be with NXT. What that means for anybody else is still up in the air. And of course we saw at the end of Impact that they're teasing one or more of the recently released talent to be showing up at anniversary, Slam- and I believe that happens two weeks after the ending of the 90 day no compete clause so there's still time for them to be re-signed or some of them could be heading to impact. Mike Johnson at PWInsider.com said that uh, WD has banned the use of the buckle bomb. Uh, now understandably so considering unfortunately while sting does take credit for or the responsibility for his injury from the buckle bomb a lot of people are getting injured from it not just from Seth Rollins but uh, we saw what happened with Nia Jax and uh, Carrie Sane taking a bad bump bump recently using that it's definitely a move that you really can't uh, control like even if you're getting thrown you don't know where you're landing backwards and how soon you're going to get into that turnbuckle. So while it, it's a spectacular move, it definitely uh, has seen its day, I guess, for now, at least in WWE ring. I know the other day uh, Brian Cage used it when he squashed the Sean Dean, I believe yeah, his victim was. So buckle bomb, no more in WWE. Rhea Ripley also spoke to Metro in the UK and she discussed the fact that she did have to uh, renew her uh, work visa but did not need to go back to Australia to do so because there was no flights out. So they were able to get things settled and that's why we see her back on NXT and challenging uh, tonight for the championship against Charlotte Flair with Io Shirai. Michael Landsberg had an uh, interview with Taya Valkyrie on Isolation Nation. Uh, they talked about cyberbullying and the recent death of Hannah Kamara. So, you want to check out uh, Taya Valkyrie on Isolation Nation, that should be available through TSN. Last week's episode of Backstage had Dana Bryan and CM Punk in a interview which was really good uh it was conducted with Renee Young and Christian also uh, mentioned that he's going to be on this week's edition of Raw tomorrow night as he is going to be part of the hyping up of the Edge versus Randy Orton match the greatest match ever uh for Backlash next week so Christian will be having a peep show with Edge Bushiro has announced that Stardom and New Japan Pro Wrestling performers, along with staff, will be undergoing antibody tests and looking to get back into performing again, possibly with or without uh, an audience. They've been shut down since March, just like everybody else, and uh, this looks like their opportunity to start working again if they are able to get through the different testings and make sure different things are in place that allow for the performers to work again. Pete Dunn, Tyler Bate, and Trent Seven have uh, re-released the original British Strong Style uh, shirts that they had uh, before, and they're raising funds for Black Lives Matter. So if you wanna get one of those shirts, Check him out and uh, support. You can catch Suge G, or as Chris Jericho likes to call him, Pineapple Pete, on this week's edition of Talk is Jericho. Last week on AEW Dynamite, they were talking about Fighter Fest, but did not know a date that's going to be happening. Well, this week they finally announced it, and instead of it being something separate and special... Like a pay per view, like it was last time, and especially with all the lack of sports that are going on, they couldn't find a special time for them to do it. Instead, the announcement was that on July 1st and 8th, Fighter Fest would be taking part on TNT during Dynamite. So instead of Dynamite, they're changing it to Fighter Fest for two weeks, like WrestleMania was two episodes. And they're going to have all the titles online, the Hangman Page and Kenny Omega defending the tag team titles against Best Friends. And you got Moxley defending the AEW Championship against Brian Cage. But it's just another episode of Dynamite. Why they couldn't make it special like, say, Clash of the Champions was. Or even Saturday Night's Main Event. If TNT has that much faith and love in them, they could have found another time to do it. Either way, it's supposed to be pay-per-view quality happening on Dynamite uh, July 1st and 8th. It is reported this week that Arne Anderson has signed a multi-year deal, rumored to be about three years, to stay with AEW. And wrapping up the news... If you did not see it, definitely go back and look at Dwayne The Rock Johnson's Instagram, Facebook, wherever is Twitter. He has an impassioned video that's about eight minutes long. And he has a simple question that is failing the United States. Where are you? He's looking for somebody, obviously the president to step up and be a leader and embrace what's going on and, Stop the Violence Instead of Encouraging the Violence is, once again, an eight-plus-minute video that speaks highly of who the rock is, what the nation needs, and just in general, the lack of leadership that the United States is having right now in this time. Um, Give it a watch, why he is not uh, in a position where People would probably be voting him as the next president of the United States is beyond me. He has such great leadership qualities, but you know, right now it's not going to happen. He's one of the most powerful guys in Hollywood. But check out Dwayne The Rock Johnson's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook page. You will see this wonderful video uh, seeking leadership. If you're looking for insight on the hottest wrestling topics going on today and interviews, Join Chris Maloney and myself each and every Thursday at 8 p.m. on TNT Thursday Night Throwdown. We're joined by a different panel of guests, commentators, and interviews as we break down the weekend world of wrestling. You won't want to miss it, and you can be a part of it too. That's TNT Thursday Night Throwdown each and every Thursday night on Twitch and Facebook at 8 p.m.
1: I'm the Fireball Kid, Jordan James, and this is the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast.
0: This week's Impact was all about the finals of the Impact Tournament to determine a new number one contender for Tessa Blanchard. Of course, Moose might have something else to say about that as he claims to be the TNA champion and they could be battling him instead for that title. However, it is... Trey taking on Ace Austin to determine the new number one contender. Impacted start off with a message about the tragic death of George Floyd and send out condolences to his family and also give the message that Black Lives Matter. Their statement said Tonight's episode of Impact is dedicated to George Floyd and his family. Impact Wrestling is proud to encourage with our fans every Tuesday night during the show but tonight we will be silent. Impact Wrestling stands against racism and violence in support of diversity and inclusion for everyone. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the Floyd family and all who have endured social injustice. So that episode it was part of uh, Blackout Tuesday. Uh, where a lot of people were not engaging in social media and Impact said that they were not going to engage their fans during Impact this week as part of that. The first match of the night saw a tag team women's match with Ciara Hogan and Tasha Steele taking on Kylie Ray and Susie. Of course, this went back to last week when they were attacked backstage and... This resulted in their tag team match this week. There was uh, good tag team action between both uh, teams. Good in and out tagging. And At one point, there was some, I guess, moments where it looked like Susie was going to go into Sue Young and back and forth. So she's a little unstable that way. Um, Kylie Ray got taken out by Steels. And then was knocked out by Hogan. There was a palm strike uh, to Susie that connected, but and from Susie onto Kiera Hogan. Kiera uh, shook it off, and Steals and Hogan ended up uh, getting the victory with the Fisherman's uh, Backbreaker for the victory. And yeah, now we wait to see what happens with Susie and Sue Young. Uh, internal battle. Ace Austin was interviewed backstage talking about his match with Trey and they asked about his uh, loss to Willie Mack but he basically ignored that one and Moose came in and congratulated him on winning over Rhino and Hernandez to make it to the finals and he suggested that maybe if he wins that he shouldn't go after the Impact World title but he should go after the main title of the TNA World Championship that Moose currently holds. Austin looked like he was considering it for a moment before leaving. There was an attack of uh, Trey that happened, so it's questionable if he was going to make it to the finals after all. Um, there was a review last week with the uh, Jake and Dave uh, Christ having struggles with where they're going because OVE is falling apart. Sammy Callahan left. Mad Matt Fulton is gone. So they're not sure where their destination is or their destiny is. And they'd been approached by Joseph P. Ryan or Joey Ryan. And uh, he kind of got to them and invited them to be with him at ringside as he took on Unwell Steve or, as we know, Crazy Steve in the match. Uh, so both guys accompanied Joseph P. Ryan to ringside for the, his match against Crazy Steve. So this match ended up uh, being a little bit crazy. Uh, there was the greatest suplex ever. There was a trade of blows between the two in the middle of the ring. Uh, Steve hit uh, bit uh, Joey Ryan's hand to gain control. There was a schoolboy into the bottom turnbuckle set up for Cannonball on. Jake, uh, Chris got involved distracting uh, Steve while Dave attempted to knock Steve off the turnbuckle as well, and Steve sent Dave to the ground, but missed a dive. Uh, There was a super kick that put Steve away for the victory for Joseph P. Ryan. So after that match happened, uh, Joey Ryan asked uh, Jake and Dave if they wanted to join Cancel Culture. They agreed, but then Ryan demanded uh, a sign of virtue. Um, I wasn't sure what that meant, and it meant that Jake had to leave behind his brother. So it wasn't asking both Jake and Dave to join. It was just asking Jake to join uh, Cancel Culture. And Joey said the path to redemption means having to let go of certain things. And he turned his back on the Chris brothers. Walked away, and Jake ended up taking out Dave with a roundhouse kick. And they, Jake and Joey, shook hands and walked away together. A TNA original, Chase Stevens took on Rohit Raju. Uh, this was a tricked match from last week, but Raju ended up picking up the victory over the former three-time NWA tag team champion. After the match, Raju uh, called himself the uh, most underrated wrestler in the world. But as he turned around, he was met with a gore from Rhino. Um, So he's almost cut in half, and Rhino sent a message to the guy who said that he's going to take down TNA Originals. And I guess Rhino sort of considers himself that since he was part of TNA when they were under that name instead of impact there was a segment with uh, Nevaeh uh, explaining why she showed up at impact after what happened with James Mitchell she knew she had to check in on her longtime friend Havoc and become an unstoppable force together and so the knockouts division now has to deal with both of them there was a segment of locker room talk with Madison Rain and Johnny Swinger they had Chris Bay come out. Um, Swinger's trying to form this tag team with Bay and kept on cutting Bay off from being able to basically answer any questions that Madison Rain had. He definitely wants a shot at the X Division champion, Willie Mack. And it was announced later on that the now finesse and bench press express, as Swinger wants to call them, will be facing off against Millie, Willie Mack and Cousin Jake next week in a tag team match. Bay agreed to be in this tag team match as long as uh, Swinger helps him win the X Division title down the line. So, that's where that is. Uh, Then we saw Jordan Grace and Taya Valkyrie return to Impact, appearing backstage with Jimmy Jacobs. Valkyrie had uh, teased challenging for the knockouts championship, which Jordan Grace is currently holding. And Grace then flatly said, fine, you want to go at it? Let's uh, do it. And they'll go against each other next week, one-on-one. It didn't seem as though Taya was looking forward to doing it that quickly and this soon. But they will face each other for the knockouts championship next week. As a result of the challenge that happened last week, the Rascals took on uh, TJP and followed Brawl for a number one contendership for the tag team titles, which are currently held by the North. And of course, we know the North is not available to uh, be down in Nashville to defend their titles, but when that happens, one of these teams were going to be deemed the number one contender. There was a longer back and forth match between the two teams And the Rascals ended up pulling up the victory over TJP and Fall Bra. It's announced that next week, uh, the Virtuosa, Diona uh, Perazzo is going to make her Impact Wrestling debut. And uh, she's put the Knockouts division on notice. Then we saw footage of a date that happened between Rosemary and Johnny Bravo. And at the end of the date, Rosemary basically gave a proposition to Bravo to come and work for the hive and all he had to do was take a bite of the apple. Bravo didn't want to do so and Rosemary unzipped a bit which kind of mesmerized Bravo and he nearly bit the apple but got a uh, call from Taya Valkyrie which broke the spell. Then Michael Eldon came out and called out Sam Callahan and he claimed that he should be the rightful Impact uh, Wrestling Champion uh, as he's been dominant for over a year and was out of the tournament because of Callahan. Elgin then demanded uh, that someone come down and raise his hand, making him the de facto number one contender or straight up Impact World Champion since Tessa has not been available. She's living, I guess, in Mexico, and so she can't uh, come across the border She's with her fiancé, Daga, and been unable to attend these tapings in Nashville. But that didn't happen. Ken Shamrock ended up coming out instead and ran to the ring, making his return to impact. And they brawled with each other and hitting a series of knee strikes. Elgin then got away from Shamrock for a moment and nearly had his ankle snapped in half by Shamrock, uh, but got away. But since Elgin was the reason why Shamrock was taken out of the tournament, Shamrock definitely has a reason to go after Elgin. And I don't see Elgin being awarded the title anytime soon. Then up next was the main event with Ace Austin going against Trey for the number one contenders uh, ship for either Tessa, ideally, or Moose, as Moose wants to be considered the world champion at this point. Um, Austin made his entrance, but Trey was uh, found knocked out backstage. The rascals uh, ended up finding him and Wentz figured out quickly that it was Austin who took out Trey, and he went to the ring demanding that he get his hand raised, Ace Austin that is, and said that he should automatically be the winner. Wentz Decided, no, that's not going to happen. He went to Scott Demore, and Demore came out and settled things saying that the final match would be Wentz taking Trey's place in the finals against Ace Austin. So with that, it was decided that Wentz was going to replace Trey in this match. And if you look at the brackets from the original setup and what actually happened, yeah. They definitely were flying by whatever they decided to go with. It was not out as planned. So many scheduled matches did not happen. But with this one, it was really good. Wentz stepped up when he needed to. It was a really good match that you should go back and watch, uh, definitely. Uh, I can only imagine if Trey was in it instead of Wentz. But the finish came when Ace Austin blocked the Swanton Bomb. He hit a a double leg driver, followed by the fold, and put Wentz away, making Ace Austin the new number one contender. The show ended with a promo for Slammiversary, where there was a gentleman that poured a drink, sat down in front of a TV, where on the news it was talked about the recently released talent from WWE, and... We saw images of those who formerly worked, whether it was part of GWN, Impact, or TNA, plus a Bulgarian flag because Rusev never worked there. Uh, it, It basically insinuated that one or more of them are going to be coming to Impact and making an appearance at Slammiversary. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. And then there was also an announcement made this week that on the next episode of Impact on Tuesday, they're going to address the situation with Tessa and the world title since, as I said, she's not able to perform right now and she's stuck in Mexico with her fiancé, Daga. So what Impact has uh, planned for any of the above? We'll have to wait and see. If anybody, I could see making an appearance for Impact I would go with it being rusev only for the fact that they've been recording in nashville and we know that lana and rusev both live in nashville they're huge fans of predators so they're definitely close to where impact has been doing their recordings lately and so this would make sense if rusev is the person who appears there he I don't think he's on a 90-day release uh, thing because his contract actually ended. There's that whole confusion of uh, 90 days or not for uh, a lot of the talent. But I believe he is not one of them. And he is free to appear at any time for that matter. But he could be there at Slammiversary. So that's what's going on with Impact Wrestling right now
1: hello what is up everybody it is ocho from the ocho and ortiz wrestling podcast home to the best kept secret in the wrestling podcasting community our live podcast from greektown wrestling and union wrestling we also discuss a lot of other things wwe aew every once in a while we throw in new japan and roh be sure you're checking out our show. We are available on most major podcasts and platforms, especially on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and our main source of uploading is Podbean, .podbean ochoandortiz.podbean.com. You can also follow us on social media, at Ocho Wrestling on Twitter, at Ocho and Ortiz on Instagram, or facebook.com slash Ocho and Ortiz. We also do have a YouTube page, so be sure you're checking out our content there. Just search for Ocho and Ortiz in the search bar. Now, let's get you back to your regular programming. Yo, this is Tarek, listening to Scumbags of Wrestling. Punch, kick, chop, done.
0: So there's a lot going on with WD uh, for this week, especially with tonight's takeover in your house. So I'm going to just quickly go over what happened on AEW Dynamite. This past week, the show started off with uh, Black Lives Matter opening. Then we went to the arena with Excalibur, Tony Giovanni, and Jim Ross. They're still at Daly's Place. And we saw a lot of the events that happened in last week's, including the confrontation between Mike Tyson and Chris Jericho. The first match of the night saw the AEW tag team titles on the line as the champions Kenny Omega and Hangman Page taking on Jimmy Havoc and Superbad Kip Sabian and they were accompanied by Penelope Ford. They received the shot from their victory last week over SCU and the winners of this match are set to go against Best Friends at Fighter Fest. Now, they were constantly talking about when Fighter Fest was going to happen and when it, like, they still had no idea. Of course, this was recorded a week ago, and later on during the night, we will find out when Fighter Fest is actually going to happen. Tony Shabani basically mentioned that the tensions that were happening between Hangman Page and Kenny Omega seemed to be water under the bridge as they were having cocktails together. Uh, recently, um, as you saw last week, they went back to the hotel room. Paige was drinking alcohol while Kenny was drinking milk. But they seem to be on the same page and willing to work together. They're currently 6-0 uh, and 0 in the, uh, this year, especially as tag team champions. And then, so they were getting ready to take on... Havoc, and Sabian. The audience was full of uh, tag teams just taking uh, this all in. They included Private Party, Best Friends, FTR, and a few others. Butcher and Blade, I think, were out there as well. And they were just watching to see what was going to happen with this. At one point, Penelope Ford tried uh, doing her corona on uh, Paige. He caught her and the referee looked uh, in time to see what was happening. Page looked at the referee wondering what he should do and said he just dropped Penelope. Penelope got up and the referee ejected her from the ringside area. While all that was happening, Jimmy Havoc had gotten a wrench and attacked both Page and Omega, hoping to get the victory, but that did not happen. At one point, uh, Havoc and Sabian were able to isolate Hanging Page because they got rid of Kenny. Every time Kenny tried to get in, he got drop kicked off. And so they were able to double-team Page really well. But eventually, that turned around, and they fired back up, hitting the V-triggers, the Buckshot Lariats, and the Tag Team Champions ended up retaining Me honestly, there was a lot of parts during this that I was not enjoying. I do not like the team of Havoc and uh, Sabian. They just really work really green, which is uh, unfortunately a downside for a lot of people that work AEW. They're not quite ready for prime time, and Kenny Omega was just overselling and looking really bad. And yeah. Just not a really good outing. Then we see a segment with uh, Tully Blanchard and Sean Spears. Uh, a couple days earlier, we saw a video of Sean Spears getting yelled at by Tully Blanchard for just being a overall joke, especially with having Tully's face on his underwear. And Tully was embarrassed to have his friends see that happening. They had been trying to find a tag team partner for Sean Spears, but now that search is over. And then after that, we see a present day segment with Tully and Sean, and Tully gets into a limo and opens up a case and shows Sean that this is the thing that's been missing for you, and it turns out to be a black glove. Now, you didn't really get much background on it, especially not in this context that they have, Sean put on the black glove, but if you're a huge wrestling fan and know your history, there are people like Ted DiBiase who used it in Mud South. Both Barry Windham and uh, Blackjack Mulligan used it. It's essentially, I guess, a weighted glove potentially. um, has more oof to it. It uh, just seems to be the magic touch that is missing in Sean's Game if he wants to become serious, so that's where they're going with that instead of going tag team route with him. The machine Brian Cage came out and he was accompanied by Tyles once again. He just utterly destroyed Sean Dean. Then they ended up calling out John Moxley. Moxley uh, got into the ring, he's looking forward to facing off against Brian Cage. They exchanged some words, uh, some threats, and Mox stood up to them, said that he's looking forward to the match, and walked out. Uh, so they're supposed to go against each other at Fighter Fest, which did get revealed that Fighter Fest, instead of being a separate pay per view like it was last year and available on the BR Network, this year they're going to give it away for free over two weeks. On July 1st and 8th. As part of. Dynamite. But it won't be called Dynamite. It'll be called Fighter Fest. So. They're going to give a pay-per-view away. Like they did when they. In January gave away. Bash at the Beach. Um, Don't know what the method behind this is. But. I honestly think that they should still give us Dynamite. And give a separate fighter fest, make a deal with TNT or something like that. If they want to give away something free, there's plenty of room somewhere on any given channel. There's no sports going on. Give us something that way. We saw Alex Marvez on location at a construction site as he found the murderhawk monster Lance Archer along with Jake Roberts assaulting an unknown wrestler in a mask. Jake had to, I guess, protect Marvez from being a victim as well. Lance Archer grunted some things and then stormed off. Jake apologized for Marvez, and that was the end of that segment. Then we saw a Private Party uh, talking about the injury uh, from last week with Mark Quinn. And Mark says he's doing well. Broken my heart, he came in to check on them and they want to actually be friends with Matt Hardy. Thank him for helping them out. They are huge marks for the Hardy boys. They started doing the uh, mimicking their dancing and finger moves. And they want to make a sort of a six man tag with them and be the Hardy, the private Hardy party. So we'll see where that goes from here. But, That's up in the air where Matt Hardy goes. He has so many different characters and attitudes and designs. It's weird. So he ended up leaving uh, that room and he passed Sammy Guevara, who was on his little scooter. And Sammy looked a little bit worried, but Matt stopped, said, hey, he has respect for uh, Sammy Guevara, bowed to him, and kept on going. Sammy looked kind of confused. The next match had uh, Colt Cabana taking on Le Champion, Chris Jericho. With their whole careers that they've had, this is actually the first time that they've met against each other. Jake Hager was accompanied to the ring with uh, Jericho. Sammy Guevara was at the top of the uh, staging area. He did a really bad rendition of Jericho's theme song. And QT Marshall was at ringside flirting with Bunny. They talked about what happened with Cabana stopping Jericho from going after Mike Tyson, and that's why this match is happening. It was a slow-paced uh, match, and Colt tried to uh, reverse at one point on the uh, in the corner, came out of the corner, and got hit with the Judas Effect and got defeated. Later on, we see him Colt Cabana, concerned about his loss and he gets approached by Brody Lee and I believe it was Ten with him and they offered him a spot as part of the Dark Order. Ten even gave Colt a bottle of water. Colt is accepting of the water so there's probably going to be something involved with that. But he was saying, oh, he has no intentions of joining the Dark Order. After the match, though, with Cabana and Jericho, Jericho got on the microphone and started uh, talking about what he just did to Cabana and said that he's going to do the same thing to Mike Tyson. And, yeah, he's still wanting to get a piece of Mike. They might be leading to something at Fighter Fest. And he... Jericho wanted uh, the baddest man on the planet to come out, and he was confronted by Orange Cassidy instead. Cassidy then came out and put uh, Jericho's hands in Jericho's pockets, and then Orange put his hands in his own pockets. Hager and Jericho both uh, charged at Orange but missed, and then Orange rolled to the outside of the ring and was surrounded by the best friend's who uh, took Orange up and over the guardrail. But Santana Ortiz ended up uh, coming out and joining the inner circle in the ring. So it won't be long until we end up seeing Orange Cassidy against Chris Jericho. Then we saw uh, some video about Britt Baker's recovery. She's a total diva in the whole thing. Uh, Rebel is there, or as Britt keeps on calling her Rhea or Reba, and Tony Schiavone was there to encourage her. It was basically a comedy. And then we see uh, Britt Baker in a back of a, I guess, a flatbed uh, sort of tractor, and she's calling it the role model. And she's also in a wheelchair, and uh, Rebel was with her. And they were out to watch the next match, which was Big Swall taking on the uh, native beast, Nyla Rose. Swall hasn't wrestled in about uh, two months, and basically that showed with her losing to Nyla Rose. But she was still, though, the attention of Tony Schiavone getting interviewed, and there was confrontation between Britt Baker and Big Swall. So, I guess when Britt Baker's able to come back, that's her program with Swall. There was a really bad interview with Tony Schiavone interviewing Darby Allen, and Darby still wants to go after Brian Cage. Then, Tony had a sit-down interview with FTR that happened earlier in the day. Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler were just in lobby in chairs with Tony, and they were wondering what FTR stood for. And it can be standing for a whole lot of things, they said. Um, They talked about the tag team scene. They talked about wanting the Young Bucks at 110% so there was no excuses. They were tired of Dave Meltzer always praising the Young Bucks. Meanwhile, they really don't care about having a match with the Young Bucks. Not that it's going to be 5 stars, 6 stars, 7 stars. They just want to get in there, punch them in the face and be over and done with and show them the world that they are the best tag team around. As they were that finished up, it looked like the cameras stopped rolling, but we see the stuff is still going on. They get confronted by Butcher and Blade. It was Blade's birthday uh, that day as well. They get, uh, I think Harwood ended up throwing a bottle of water into the Butcher's, or the Blade's face. People had to separate them security-wise, and so we're going to have a match of Butcher and Blade against FTR down the road. The final match of the night had Jungle Boy against uh, the TNT champion, the Nightmare, or American Nightmare Cody. Um, He was accompanied by Arn Anderson. They did the whole pyro stuff, made it seem like a big a fair main event, the title on the line. Um, at one point, Jungle Boy got into a confrontation with MJF and Wardlow. This was after Cody got thrown into a wall and started bleeding all over the place. Um, the match continued, and Jungle Boy ended up losing to Cody in a very close match. But Cody re- retained the title just as the show was getting to the ending. They also announced that next week, Mark Quinn was going to be uh, challenging Cody for the uh, title, or in this case, it was going to be whoever was coming out as the champion. But we now know Cody will be defending against Mark Quinn of Private Party. FTR is going to take on the Butcher and the Blade, and there's going to be a bunch of other matches happening next week. Uh, A lot of it's leading up to Fighter Fest, which, as I said, is going to be over two days on July 1st and 2nd on TNT instead of Dynamite. Looking at the AEW rankings as of uh, June 3rd, in the tag team division, your champions with a 6-0 record are Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. Now, the contenders at number five with a two and two record, the Young Bucks, at number four, with a three and one record, Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian, at number three, with a four and two record, is Private Party, at number two, with a five and zero oh record, is Q.T. Marshall and Dustin Rhodes, and at number one, the number one contenders after winning against Private Party at the pre-show for Double or Nothing. Is best friends with a nine and three record missing from this rankings now? Are the dark order of evil uno and Stu Grayson? And we have yet to see FTR enter the brackets, but that'll be soon enough after they have at least one match under their belt next week. Looking at the women's division, at number five is Penelope Ford with a three and three record, at number four. With a one and one record, is Yuka Sasaki, at number three. With a four and four record, probably going to be dropping out of the picture very shortly, is Dr. Brett Baker. Also with a four and four record, sitting at number two, is Chris Statlander. And number one, the former champion Nyla Rose with a five and two record, and your champion, with an eleven and one record, is Hikaru Shida. The men's singles rankings list both the champions, John Moxley, the AEW World Champion, with a 12 0 record, and the TNT Champion, Cody, with a 10 1 record. Alley contenders on the men's side include at number 5, with a 6 4 record, Darby Allin. At number 4, with a 4 0 record, Kenny Omega. Number 3, Brody Lee with five and one. Lance Archer also has a five and one record, and he's sitting in the number two spot, and in number one. With a perfect six and zero record this year, MJF, and those are your rankings for AEW the week of June third. See the stars of tomorrow being built today at the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory each week on the production line. Available on Facebook and YouTube. Hey wrestling fans, join me on the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. We cover everything from the Ontario independent wrestling scene, AEW, and everything in between. We're available on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere you get podcasts from. Don't miss the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast.
1: I'm Kyle Boone, one handsome SOB, and you're listening to the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast.
0: Before we head into tonight's preview for NXT TakeOver In Your House... Let's take a look at what happened with the other shows on the main roster with Raw and SmackDown. This past week, Raw started off with Seth Rollins in the middle of the ring doing a retirement ceremony for Rey Mysterio. He was accompanied by Murphy and Austin Theory, and it was interrupted by Aleister Black. This led to a match between the two and took multiple segments as opposed to some of the quick matches that were happening a couple weeks ago before they went to the one commercial break theory and Murphy were about to attack Alistair Black but were stopped by Humberto Carrillo who came out with a chair they went to commercial break came back and more action ensued Murphy and theory attempted once again to interfere and that's when Carrillo Stopped them again. They fought on the outside. The three of them did. This distracted Seth Rollins, who got rolled up by Aleister Black, leaving Seth Rollins stunned, not knowing what happened. Then we had Apollo Crews come out, and he was interviewed about his success of winning the U.S. championship. And he's basically doing an open challenge, but he's, I guess, offering challenges or calling out people to go against him for the title. In this case, he offered a title match to Kevin Owens. Owens thanked him, congratulated him on becoming a new champion. Kind of felt insulted uh, being selected because of his injury, but Apollo said it was nothing but respect. So they turned it into a match as was being hoped. The two went back and forth. There was a uh, low kick. It looked like Cruz was kicked in the groin. The referee gave him a moment to recover. And he lured Owens in, uh, basically faking or at least giving him enough time to recover. Not sure which. This continued for a couple more minutes until... Angel Garza and Andrade rushed the ring and took out both Owens and Cruz. Naturally, of course, without Teddy Long being there, this did become a tag team match. And Apollo Cruz was able to pick up the victory for his team, hitting a throw powerbomb on Andrade for the victory. We also saw more of the Anything You Can Do, We Can Do better skits that have been going on with the current tag team champions, the street profits and the Viking Raiders this week. It was all about bowling and the Viking Raiders were able to dominate while the lights were on and the street profits were constantly guttering. As soon as they turned it into cosmic bowling, then the street profits were able to come back. There was a moment when, Ivar got hungry because he saw an ad saying, hey, you hungry, hit the snack bar. And he quickly rushed the kitchen, found a couple of turkey legs. He even found a turkey leg in the ball return. And as he was trying to get them, Eric was trying to stop him. They got stopped by the snack girl cook. And they were almost kicked out except for she found Ivar handsome and not so much Eric. Keeping that skit going, they finally returned to the lanes where Ivar was thrown down the lane with a ball by Eric. And they got the final strike to win 131-130, to tying up the series 2-2. Now later on, on Raw Talk, they had come out. They were talking about what was going on with uh, Charlie and Samoa Joe and how the series has been going, 2-2 now, the different events, and wanting to find what can happen next, and it was decided that a decathlon will happen on tomorrow's episode of Raw. One would assume that this is going to lead to a tag team title match on Backlash next Sunday. The Iconics continue to pursue the WWE, Women's Tag Team Championships currently held by Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. This match tonight on Raw was Billy Kay taking on Nikki Cross, with Billy Kay picking up the victory over Nikki. And so that gave the Iconics some momentum, I guess, in their feud and trying to get at the Tag Team titles. Then we saw Rey Mysterio and Dominic in their home talking about what Seth Rollins did to Ray's eye. They tried to find out if Ray was going to retire or not. Ray kept on dancing around this uh, subject saying that, you know, he he could return today. He could return tomorrow and then something happens or the doctors could say he's never going to be cleared. He did not give a definitive answer. He damned Seth Rollins for what he did to uh, himself and how this toll on his family Dominic was brought in and he brought up how it affected his family. Ray left and that's when Dominic looked at the camera and said that Seth is a man of scripture. Well, here's one for him. An eye for an eye. So it looks like somehow Ray and Dominic are going to be returning to uh, Ra eventually. Confront Seth Rollins and Dominic is going to go after Seth. Whether ray can continue or not that's up in the air it, what happens with dominic does there's been talk uh on another podcast i listen to that they're wondering if dominic ends up becoming so weak that he becomes a follower of seth and turns on his dad there's some intrigue there definitely help him learn uh along the way before turning on seth eventually But that's all speculation. We'll see what happens as time goes on. And then we had a segment where Gronk was in his home in Foxborough. Came out of his house with some guy he apparently knows. Going going to record a TikTok dance video. And of course our truth is on the outside. Pretending to be a gardener. And he distracts. Gronk for a moment, and the camera guy's like, Oh, ah, don't worry about him. As Gronk looks back at the gardener, the camera guy quickly puts down the phone, unzips his jacket, reveals the WWE ref shirt. Gronk looks at him in surprise. That's when Truth comes up, rolls him up to become a 36-time, 24-7, 365, I-95, you name it, everything but the kitchen sink champion. And this now has Gronk out of the WWE officially as he's going to be moving down to Tampa and being a buccaneer with Tom Brady. Nia Jax took on Kerry Zane. There's a lot of talk that when this match was recorded last week that Kerry had been injured and they had to do some cutting Well, it looks like Nia Jax threw Carrie Zane into the steps. There's talk that Carrie was under control of her own body and did it to herself accidentally and not Nia's fault. Some are blaming Nia for how close she was to the steps and it wasn't Carrie's fault. You have to be the judge, I guess, yourself. Um, I guess only the performers will know for sure and what your eye sees is just speculation. But... There is a lot he and Nia for what happened. You could see that there was a bit of a cut there when she, yeah, Carrie was on the floor. And the next thing you know, we then see Nia pick up Carrie, throw her into the ring, leg drop, and get the victory. I guess there was time that was taken out of it to clean up the cut. Um, on Carrie's Twitter or Instagram, there's a cut on her forehead that you can check out. Uh, but Nia Jax picked up the victory. She's uh, scheduled to be challenging Asuka for the title very soon. So she sent a message to her Kabuki Warrior teammate. Then we had champion versus champion as the Raw Women's Champion Asuka took on the NXT champion Charlotte Flair. This match didn't go too long because at one point Asuka was tossed to the outside. Nia Jax came out uh, with... Asuka's mask and face paint on, uh, playing Asuka's music. It caused a countout when also Nia then steamrolled over Asuka. And yeah, this once again, setting up for their title program. I believe that's happening at Backlash next week. Kept Charlotte without getting a loss and told the story along the way. Throughout the night, we also saw MVP. Uh, He's going to be having a match with Drew McIntyre in the main event, but he had a confrontation with Lana, and they were talking about being by Bobby Lashley's side and accused each other basically of using Bobby for their own good. And then Lana got interviewed again later on and said that Bobby said not to come out to his matches He didn't say anything about coming out to MVP's match. So, as that match was going to start with Drew, Lana came out, It was a little bit of a distraction, but didn't really affect the whole match itself. As expected, Drew McIntyre picked up the victory with a Claymore, but as soon as the Claymore and the victory happened, Bobby Lashley jumped in the ring and put the WWE Champion Drew McIntyre in the full Nelson as the show came to an end. Looking over at Friday Night Smackdown. From the other night. Otis defeated uh, King Corbin by disqualification. Um, Otis was backstage with Mandy. And heading to the ring. He saw Corbin's crown. And put it on. And then proceeded to enter the. Performance center area. For their match. Corbin got So. Angry about the use of the crown and disrespecting it and wanting it back, he ended up using a steel chair on Otis, which led to a disqualification. Otis, though, had the last laugh as he hit a caterpillar and celebrated with Mandy. Then, Lacey Evans went against Sonya Deville, and this was a result of last week's uh, count of victory or count of match. Nobody had a victory. Uh, between the two and the brawl that happened afterwards. So Lacey Evans took on Sonya Deville and it was a decent match. There was even a move where Lacey was laying on the mat and Sonya was on the outside, and just totally dropped Lacey to the floor. Uh, looked like also a knee uh, to the back of the neck at the same time as she was being dropped Uh it was definitely a move that kind of looked a little rough. At one point, the referee uh, got injured and it put a stop to the match for a moment. But then Sonya took that opportunity to attack uh, Lacey Evans. And then as Sonya thought she was headed to a victory, Mandy Rose appeared with a video message for her and... This was a distraction enough for Evans to pick up the victory, landing the women's right for the win. Throughout the night, actually, we also saw uh, some shenanigans with Miz Morrison trying to distract Braun Strowman. Uh, they tampered with his uh, protein powder. They tried to dump slime on him, but that got landed on Kayla. They then ended up destroying a the windshield to Braun's rental car. Braun ended up finding it, and they were also, though, in a surveillance van in the parking lot, watching everything happen and watching for Strowman's reaction. Strowman figured out where they were and turned the van over. And this is how they're getting towards their handicap match for the, the Universal Championship at Backlash. Renee Young had Dana Bryan and AJ Styles out talking about the uh, finals of the Intercontinental Title Tournament. Um, This eventually led to a match with Drew Gulak taking on AJ Styles. AJ was uh, determined to send a message to Dana Bryan by beating up Drew Gulak. Gulak was able to reverse a a Styles clash, and uh, ended up rolling up AJ for a victory over the former WWE champion and possibly future Intercontinental champion. Um, so the momentum, as they like to uh, boast about, is definitely not on AJ Styles' side going into the title match with Daniel Bryan. Also, Mojo Rawley had uh, been backstage making fun of Shorty G because everybody loves short jokes. And this resulted in a six-man tag team match being scheduled with Shorty G teaming up with The New Day, taking on Mojo Rawley, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Cesaro. The New Day and Shorty G ended up picking up the victory in the six-man tag team match. And of course, there was the main event that saw Bailey and Sasha Banks challenging the women's tag team champions, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, for the titles. Uh, Banks and Bailey were the ones who were lobbying a lot for WD to bring the titles in. They were the first ever tag team champions for the women's division. And Bailey's the current women's champion. At one point, there was some dissension or confusion between Bailey and Sasha. And at one point, Sasha was going to have the victory in hand, and Bailey ended up tagging herself in, which almost cost the team the victory. But Sasha was able to get back into the match, and she ended up hitting the bank statement and got the victory, giving them the tag team uh, titles. So, we have new women's tag team champions with Bailey and Sasha, the original ones, now two time champions. Alexa and Nikki, who are now former two time champions. Where that leaves the Iconics trying to get the titles, I don't know. Maybe we're going to end up with a uh, triple threat tag team match along the way with all three teams. But somewhere along the line, we have to figure out where that's heading. And it's also leading, eventually, to the two-year dragon of the eventual feud again between Bailey and Sasha. Except for, as I've said before, when the trigger is pulled, it looks like Sasha's going to be the face and Bailey's still going to be the heel. And that's the opposite roles these two need to be in. But we'll have to see what happens. And all this is leading to Backlash which happens next Sunday on the WWE Network. We still have two more episodes, one of Raw, one of SmackDown, leading to it. But here's the current card for Backlash. Actually, before we get to that, I forgot to mention that the show started off with Jeff Hardy opening the show, explaining what happened, that he arrived at the Performance Center and no sooner did he arrive, he was attacked. And he knows that the person who attacked him Had red hair and a red beard. So, of course, that is Seamus. And Seamus came out and just wanted Jeff to admit that he's the one who did it. Uh, Like, that he was drunk and not Seamus attacking him. Um, But, yeah, maybe it's going to be somebody else. Maybe it's Eric Rowan back. But Seamus is not taking the blame for it. And this, though, did lead to the fact that Jeff Hardy and Sheamus are going to meet next Sunday as part of Backlash. So that's one of the five matches that are already scheduled for uh, next Sunday. There's also Braun Strowman defending the WWE Universal Championship against Miz and Morrison in a two-on-one handicap match. Asuka is going to go against Nia Jax for the Raw Women's Championship. Drew McIntyre is defending his WWE Championship against Bobby Lashley, who will have MVP in his corner. And, of course, the hype that they've been doing, maybe a little overhyped, but the greatest wrestling match in history with Edge taking on Randy Orton. And that's next Sunday on the WWE Network. So I'll be back in just a moment with what happened this past week on NXT Leading to tonight's NXT TakeOver in your house.
1: My name is The Muscle, Smash Wrestling's hottest free agent. I toss bodies and wheel hotties. And you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling podcast.
0: If you're looking for a great independent wrestling happening in our province of Ontario, look no further than Ontario Indie Road Trip. It's available on Facebook and YouTube where we run down all the great events happening in this province. Whether you get in a car, bus or train, there's a show near you. Support independent wrestling and the Ontario Indie Road Trip. Are you looking to get into the wrestling business? Well, look no further than the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory located right here in London, Ontario Tyson has over 20 years of experience in the wrestling world and he's even been brought down to the WWE Performance Center to be a guest trainer we've already seen the likes of Jordan James Kyle Boone, Violet Lee Jim Strider Pharaoh Bowman Chris Mitchells and many more Plus, the new generation that are coming from the second group, such as Josh Pine, Shiloh, Nova, Frankie War, and many more. You don't want to miss your opportunity to learn from one of the best in Ontario, if not all of Canada, or the world, in Tyson Dukes. So that's the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory. It's open Monday, Wednesday, and Thursdays. And located at 309 Exeter Road, here in London.
1: This is Jim Strider, live from the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory, and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling podcast.
0: As I said at the top of the show, tonight is NXT Takeover in your house. Well, before we get to that, let's take a look back at this past Wednesday night, when NXT had their go-to home show. The night started off with me I'm taking on Candice LeRae. Of course, these two ladies have a lot of bad blood between them, and it showed during this match as they both ended up on the outside of the ring, and got counted out. Then, as the brawl continued, we saw the insertion of Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, Shotzi Blackheart. And they continued to brawl. Eventually, Keith Lee and Johnny Gargano made their way out uh, to this. Once things got settled by William Regal, he ended up announcing that it was now going to be a mixed tag team match with... Gargano and LeRae teaming up to go against Mia Yim and Keith Lee. As you would expect with these two couples going into battle, there was a lot of animosity going on. Keith Lee is set to defend the North American championship against Johnny Gargano on the weekend. And yeah, so this got really intense at one point. Johnny Gargano ended up using his car keys in Keith Lee's eyes as Mia Yim went to check on him. That's when Can Ray came up behind and rolled Yim up for the surprise victory. Then we had a match of cruiserweights going on with Tony Nese taking on Isaiah Swerve Scott. Gentleman Jack Gallagher made his way to the ringside area and tried to distract Isaiah But that didn't work out so well, and Scott was able to turn a sunset driver from Tony Nice into a sunset flip for the pin. Unfortunately, this continues to be a downward spiral for the premier athlete, Tony Nice. Up next, there was a triple threat match for the number one contendership to the tag team titles currently held by Imperium. The three teams that were involved included the Undisputed Era, Danny Birch and Only Larkin, and the return of Fandango to team up with Tyler Breeze to reform Breezango. They came out wearing astronaut outfits, I guess in tribute to the current space walk that's going on uh, with the space exploration to the International Space Station. So they were doing that in honor of this. Um, Match was pretty standard for your triple threat uh, involving tag teams. But Bobby Fish ended up getting distracted by Dexter Loomis, who was in the crowd. And that distraction allowed the last dance to be hit, giving Breezango the number one contendership to Imperium. After the match was over, Imperium arrived to confront their new challengers, but they weren't alone as Malcolm Bivens came out with Indra share and they made their presence felt too. So even though Brizango is the new number one contenders, the other team of Indra share is definitely looking for those titles too. Up next, we had Santana Garrett taking on Aliyah. And Robert Stone has been looking for a replacement for Chelsea Green since Chelsea gave him the walking papers recently and decided to leave the Robert Stone brand. So Robert Stone has been looking for a replacement to help rebuild his conglomerate. And Aaliyah had been on the horizon for a couple weeks even before Chelsea Green uh, let him go. So Robert Stone was looking again to see if Aaliyah would fill that role. Unfortunately for Aaliyah, it was not a good fit, and Santana Garrett ended up getting a victory after a handspring moonsault. Our next matchup saw Cameron Grimes taking on Bronson Reed. Grimes ended up hitting the cave-in really quickly on Reed to get an impressive victory over the giant but then it wasn't over for Bronson as Karrion Cross ended up making his way out to the ring and assaulted Bronson Reed, sending a message to Tommaso Ciampa, who was his target for tonight at TakeOver. The night finished off with the finals of the Cruiserweight tournament that they were doing. As you recall, it was G1 style. And there was Pool A, Pool B. El Hero del Fantasma ended up winning Pool B. And just last week, Drake Maverick pulled out a surprising victory over Kushida and Jake Atlas in a match that, if you look back, Kushida probably had won since Atlas had tapped out. But the referee didn't see that, and Drake Maverick ended up winning and going on to the finals in this episode. So this was everything on the line for Drake Maverick. Either he was going to walk out as the new Cruiserweight Champion or interim Cruiserweight Champion until Jordan Devlin can make his way back, or he was done because, as we know, back in April... There was a lot of releases done, it was a Black Wednesday, and Drake Maverick was one of the people that was on that cut list. Of course, we saw his emotional response on Twitter, and he was already scheduled to be part of this Cruiserweight tournament, and instead of obviously being pulled out and having somebody replace him, he did somewhat the honorable thing by at least honoring his bookings that was uh, scheduled, even though he was being released. And so he entered this tournament. He had one loss in it, three victories, including the uh, tiebreaker that happened last week, but he was still going to be released after this match. Multiple times during the match, Drake Maverick found himself in a compromising position where he was about to be defeated and Drake just refused to say die and he kept on kicking out. At one point, the masked men who keep on attacking cruiserweights ended up coming out and it momentarily distracted Drake and Drake ended up losing to Phantasma after he was hit with a phantom driver. So, Phantasma is your new interim Cruiserweight champion. Drake Maverick ended up leaving, knowing what this was going to mean to him. And as he was about to leave and he was waving, Triple H came out and offered him an NXT contract, which Drake promptly signed, got a hug from Triple H. Drake was very emotional and he gets to keep his job now great ending everything going on there i guess the controversy is whether it was a work or this legitimately was drake maverick fired but because he impressed during these matches and showed his commitment to wanting to stay that he got offered a contract So, it's up for debate, we'll never know unless something comes out, but Drake Maverick is staying around, Phantasma is your new Cruiserweight Champion until Jordan Devlin can arrive, and we'll see what happens tonight on NXT TakeOver, in your house. Hello, do you or someone you know have a business that you'd love to have advertised here on our podcast? Well, give me a shout at our email address, scumbagswrestling at gmail.com, and let us know how we can help you advertise to the listeners of this podcast. We'll give your business a shout out, including information on how people can reach out to you and information on your services.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this is Brent Money Banks, and you are listening to Scumbags of Wrestling. Scumbags is money. Hey, everybody, this is Todd Pettengill,
0: and we are just days away from having a house party that would make
1: Kid and Play jealous. This Sunday. As the doors to our house remain temporarily closed, the superstars of NXT take over your house with an event 25 years in the making. Will Tommaso Ciampa be able to evict Karrion and Cross? Can Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai dethrone the Queen? And with all the lights turned on, the spotlight shines on an undisputed dream in the first ever NXT Backlot Brawl. All these and more knocking on the door Sunday as we take over
0: in your house. NXT TakeOver In Your House happens tonight on the WWE Network. There's currently six matches that are announced. Maybe a seventh one if they do the tag team title match. Unfortunately, I don't know that uh, knowledge of it yet. But if it happens... I don't see Brizango uh, winning the titles. But we do know some matches for sure. There'll be a six-woman tag team match involving Mia Yim, Shotzi Blackheart, Tegan Knox, and they're going to take on Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. Obviously, this stems from the opening segment on NXT this past week when all six women got into a brawl. Now, Looking at what's going on with them right now, I can only see it being possible that the heels in this case, Candace Array, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez, end up picking up the victory. Whether Mia Yim ends up losing or seeing the loss happen as she's so close to uh, getting her revenge on Candice Array, I think it benefits the heels more to get the victory. And it gives me, a again, you know, something more to keep going after Candlestar Array and getting some retribution for. So, in this case, I'm going with the heels, picking up the victory to open up everything. Moving on to the next match is Finn Balor against Damian Priest. Now, this came out of nowhere, essentially, because at one point, Velveteen Dream and... Finn Balor were supposed to go against each other. Next thing you know, Finn didn't show up. He's attacked and taken out of the match. Then we think that Cameron Grimes is the responsible culprit for taking out Finn Balor. And next thing you know, we're finding out that it was actually Damian Priest who did it. Damian Priest had been involved in a lot of uh, the North American title uh, picture with Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic and now has swerved off to Finn Balor. But at the same time, Finn Balor should have been doing stuff with Walter had the lockdown not happened and they were going to do stuff at TakeOver. Eventually, that will pick back up and Finn Balor cannot look weak in this whole thing. But Damon Priest needs the win after coming up short in the North American title picture. So it can go either way. I think a feel-good moment for no apparent reason. I'm going to go with Finn Balor picking up the victory. Though this will cut their program really short with no reason to continue on going so Almost like the women, like the heel kind of needs the victory for us to be able to have more meat to go forward with. But I am going to pick it up Finn Balor getting the victory and maybe something happens with Damian Priest later on to fuel like going forward. Then we have Tommaso Ciampa taking on Karrion Cross. Karrion will have Scarlet in his corner. This is going to be a very hard-hitting match. I see these guys brawling more than wrestling. Scarlett was probably going to be trying to interfere or at least distract. And it will pay off, I think. This is a victory that is needed by Karrion Cross. This first match on NXT, anything important. He's been basically doing squash matches before this. We saw him take out Bronson Reed this past Wednesday night after his match with Cameron Grimes. And that was to send a message to Tommaso Ciampa. And I think that message will be continued tonight with Karrion Kross picking up a victory over Tommaso Ciampa. Moving on to the title matches that are going to happen tonight on NXT TakeOver In Your House will be Charlotte Flair defending the NXT Women's Championship against former champion Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai. Now, Charlotte Flair has been going from all three brands, basically carrying the whole women's division for the company on her shoulders. In this case, I think it's going to come to an end, but that's because Rhea Ripley will get the title back by beating Io Shirai. Somehow, Charlotte will not be a part of the finish in this. Maybe the other women uh, who will be claimed as being jealous about Charlotte being there or anything on that line could come out and stop Charlotte from uh, retaining. I think Io Shirai is there regardless to take the pinfall or submission, whichever um, the outcome comes to, but... I see the title going back to Rhea Ripley in this case. And Charlotte can say that she still didn't beat her. And that still allows them to have something in the future where eventually Rhea Ripley will defeat Charlotte. But it will not be on this episode of TakeOver. Ripley will get the belt back. And still have that question mark of whether or not she can beat the Queen. Then we have the North American Championship. It is on the line as Keith Lee, the current champion, defends against Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano. Now, earlier I said that Candice LeRae would lead her team to victory. And I think this could be a big night for the Gargano family as Johnny Gargano could pick up the North American championship in a shocking change of titles. Now, ideally I would love to see Keith Lee retain his, he hasn't really done much other than battle Damian priest and Dijakovic during his run as North American champion. But I think if he does drop the title to Johnny Gargano, making him a two-time North American champion, this also allows him to be freed up to eventually move into the NXT Major Championship, the world title, the NXT title, pitcher, without having the North American title around his waist. He is very capable of being in that position and going to the main event and this could be his road to doing so and by doing that he would end up losing to Gargano and moving forward. And the main event for the show is going to be for the NXT Championship. The second chance for Velveteen Dream to give after Adam Cole. Adam Cole said that he did not want to give Velveteen Dream another shot at it but it was convinced through a Skype call with William Regal that Velveteen Dream would get one last chance at it and no more. Plus, then Regal announced that he would come up with a stipulation and location that fits what's going on between the feud with Dream and Cole. That stipulation is in fact going to be a back lot brawl. So from reports that have come out, this has been recorded already. It's going to be cinematic style, but they're in behind the Performance Center. Cars all around. They're going to be brawling. What happens afterwards? No idea. Those results thankfully have not been released and it'll still be a surprise to everybody. But it could go a bunch of different ways. Velveteen Dream could pick up the North Amer- I mean, the NXT Championship, giving his first title. In that regards, he's been a North American champion already. And Adam Cole could be either on his way out as his contract is coming up, or there's also been talk that he signed a three-year deal to stay with NXT. If that's the case, he could drop the title and still get into a feud with Undisputed Era member Roderick Strong because they've been hinting at a lot of things going on with them. Kyle O'Reilly has not been around and Strong has been taking his place in the tag team with Bobby Fish. But with everything else going on, this would be an opportunity to maybe split them up have something going on for Adam Cole. There's also Dexter Loomis that could be involved somehow because he's been uh, watching the Undisputed Era. So there's a lot of different things that could go on, to be honest. I know I'm rambling and just trying to, while we're talking, figure it out of where I'm going to lean towards. I think this is the opportunity, while it is his last chance, it's his last chance for a reason, and Velveteen Dream will become the new NXT champion in your house tonight on the WWE Network. There's still many options, though, for Cole. Once again, if he signed, great, he's staying, or he's on his way out and could head to AEW to be with his girlfriend, fiance. I'm not sure what their status is, but if that happens, thank you Adam Cole. If (laughs) I know buddy It's okay It's okay You're fine You're okay Sweet boy You're fine You're okay Just sense that coming in. So, if that does happen, then there, like if Adam Cole stays, there is so many more options for him. Roderick Strong, a rematch with Velveteen Dream, Dexter Loomis, there's, I believe, still a match with Finn Balor to have. If he switches and be a babyface, there's also Karrion Cross. If he retains the title, there's also, as I mentioned, Keith Lee to defend against next. So, wherever this heads to after tonight, I think there's a lot more for Adam Cole to do. Be sure to tune in to the WD network tonight to see what happens in your house. There's going to be some throwback stuff, I guess. And including uh, your regular NXT takeover feel. So it'll be a mixed show. Hope you enjoy it. And we'll be back next week. And this concludes another episode of the scumbags wrestling podcast. Well, thank you very much for joining us whether you're on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share this with your friends. On next week's episode, we're going to look back at tonight's NXT TakeOver in your house, do predictions for WWE Backlash, which happens next Sunday, and cover the rest of the news happening during the week. Be sure to also, tune in every Thursday night at 8 p.m. for a Thursday night throwdown on Twitch and Facebook. Plus, get your name and money to me so you can be a part of Steven's wrestling journey and get yourself a really amazing t shirt designed by Nigel Lewis. The comic book cover t shirt is now available along with the poster $30 for a t shirt, $15 for the poster money going to sick kids' hospital in Toronto. So until next time, have a great week, and we'll see you then. Granted, I understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Part of the OIW Podcasting Network.